With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. My name's Kevin Graham and welcome to the Monday a Celtic State of Mind Bolton. And as usual on a Monday, we're joined by Amy Canavan. Amy, how's, how are you getting on? Been great, Kev. Been loving this weather that we've been having. Um, feel I didn't need to go abroad. Thankfully, well, I've not got anything booked now, so um, <laughs> no, I'm more than delighted that at least it's um, I 20, 25 degrees yesterday, if not hotter, and it's just... That's me just in my element. So, no, a lovely weekend in the sun. Um, and I just uh, nice to have Celtic back on a Saturday as well. Wasn't it too bad, was it? it? It was good. It was actually good. I must admit, Amy, 10 minutes ago, my hay fever was really, really bad. So I apologise to anybody that's watching when they nick in my eyes. But 10 minutes ago, it looked like I was going to need to do this broadcast in sunglasses. And that would have really been jumping the shark I'd quite a bit. Uh, that would have been like... The amount of abuse I would have got for sitting here with sunglasses on would have been, uh, it probably would have been worth it just to actually do it. But <laughs> now, Amy, as usual, we act so, me, eh, you've got a new deal, eh? You've got a new mm-hmm. deal and, and, you're, and you're going to be on the Terrace podcast and hopefully appearing on a view to the Terrace as well on, on BBC Scotland, hopefully. Eh? But time to have some decent content. Exactly, aye. So, aye, God. Threw me there. Actually, I thought, God, who've we signed today? That I haven't realised. <laughs> so, oh my God. Um, yeah. Oh, me. Um, I am excited to to, uh, to be on it. To be honest, I've done a, a Rose podcast, which folk will be grateful that I'll go and speak about Bill and grow somewhere else. You know here. Um, but I done that, and then I done a um, when Scotland women 
uh, kind of preview for the game against Ukraine. And I just kind of, the, the guys are, are quite liked me, I assume. Um, I, and I've, I've uh, cracked myself up a wee deal, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'll obviously be more as the season does start, but God, you can, it, it's basically around the corner. I think it's mad that we're like so deep into July already. I think June flew in. Um, it's weird because I feel it goes by really fast, but then in the same breath, it feels forever since I've seen Celtic. So, um, no, it's going to be an exciting new season, but I still going to be a part of Axel. And, you know, that's all that's good. Everybody seems to be getting wee side hustles there, apart from me. Nobody wants me. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just stuck at Axel's. Like, Declan's got his wee side hustles. Natasha's, no, no. Natasha, I think, has got to be jetting off, like, or in Europe, it looks like. And I'm just sitting in my kitchen on Axel. Axel till I die, I think, uh, the way I'm going to be. Um, aye, so everybody... In the comments, uh, is watching it at the moment, just like and subscribe the video. It does great for the algorithm, seemingly, and will let people just let people know that we're still here. Um, I want your views in the comments on the pre-season games. Um, we've played two so far. What's your thoughts? What's your feelings? And right at the probably halfway through, we'll start talking about the tagline, which is "What's in a name?" Thoughts on Celtic's pursuit of Jordan Larson. Um, Amy, I'm going to ask the first question. Are Rapid Vienna the easiest club to detest in Europe? And does have they in their DNA got dunghusery hardwired into their DNA? Because that was anything but a friendly on, on a Saturday night. Eh? Either uh, they're certainly up there in European scale, aren't they? Um, <laughs> oh, I just. <laughs> I don't know what I expected, to be honest. Um, obviously, goes without saying that I wasn't around in, what was it, 84. Um, and then I can kind of, you get drawn against them in Europa in 09? Was it 09, 10, something like that? It was Mowbray, T- wasn't it? Tony Mowbray, yes. Tony Mowbray, so around that time. And I can remember, you know, I can't even so much remember the game itself, but I can just remember like the Furore around being drawn in the group. Um being drawn against them, but I I can certainly just probably I this is probably like my first time like actually gauging as to how much I hate them, uh, and it's pretty up there. <laughs> I'm kind of getting there with my dad now. I am oh god, you're spot on. There's a there's a fair few in Europe, but my god, they've got to be up there. It was just a hostile environment, and I'm up for it. Like I don't mind even like a hostile environment. No. You know, you need that in football, and I think it's pretty impressive when that can be generated in a friendly. Um, but there's hostile, and then there's, like you say, just absolute hell. Uh, and I think they, they're certainly more borderline than that. They're just like, an extremely unlikable club, um, and obviously deep rooted within within Celtic. But aye, there's just there's just something about it that I don't think you can actually pinpoint as to why. They are how they are, and like you say, just maybe thugs is the word. Um, but it was I, not a friendly environment. And like I say, I don't even potentially mind having a bit of a, a hustle and bustle, but there's there's a line, isn't there? And, you know, they were certainly more than happy to cross it. They were more than happy to cross the line. As Stephen Bonner comes in and says, Rapid have always been not nice, decent or, or honest team. I've, I had a grudge against them because I'm old enough to actually remember remember that tie. I've got a soft spot for Everton, which I do have because when they went to that 1985 final in Rotterdam, they did have a banner with saying this should have been Celtic. Uh, I, I, I just, them, Atletico Madrid, which I've got no connection with whatsoever because that was before even I was born and Racing Club Argentina as well. They're the three clubs, I think, in Celtic history that we hold a massive grudge against, which is not due to the domestic game. If anybody else has got any clubs that they hold a massive grudge against from a Celtic point of view, put them in the comments and we'll try and talk about them. The game itself... um, I went online after the game, Amy, um, and, and I understand the, the, these sites, the Celtic News app and all of that. I, I've been in that game myself where you've got to write 500 words on a pre-season friendly and it can sometimes be really, really difficult to try and get an angle for it. But there seemed to be quite an angle developed on all the pieces that I actually read. But for me, 
for watching that game on Wednesday night, uh, for on Saturday night actually, if your conclusion was that Celtic are not are a team three weeks away from the start of the season, four games away from the start of the season, then I didn't care. I do not know what you're actually expecting. I'm the type of guy that goes into Greg's and expects free sausage rolls for a pound. I didn't expect fine dining. And I know what I expect for pre-season games. And Saturday night was just that normal pre-season game. We look like a team that's weeks away for serious football actually get started. Yeah, and it's we are at a very different stage of our pre-season to what Rapid are as well. You know, that's the tail end of it for them. Um, Celtic are still very fresh. Um, you know, and f- for many, it was the first piece of action that they've had in pre-season. Um, and, you know, if you're chopping and changing, you know, from first half to second half, which I, I want, you know, you want 45 minutes in players' legs, um, certainly in the first two, three, um, you know, don't want to over, overcook any player, any, anything like that. So, um, I, a, a good, um, good analogy there. Um, you're back. Um, but I, I was quite impressed. Um, I still think that there's maybe impressed, maybe optimistic is a better word than impression. You know, there was a lot to take from. I think there were a lot of positives. Um, and even if it was, you know, there was a lot to learn. And as you say, that's all you can really ask for it in a pre-season. You know, I don't think that we should be having, I think we've learned quite comfortably that you don't have Urigidi in a right-back position. You know, and I don't, like, that's a, a positive. And you can take that as a positive because, right, we know that's, you know that's just not that, that's we've learned that is it should not be the case, and I think it was forced in you know at the weekend there with, with no Ralston and Juranovic. I don't think that's something that is going to continue into you know into the actual season. But I think there were plenty positives to take. Um, a lot of nice movements. You're seeing link ups that perhaps we hadn't seen um, or just you know hadn't seen for a while. And I think you can you can see that there's not too much getting changed from last season, and it is just going to be tweaking in in the finer areas. And you know if, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, don't want to come in and making any kind of grand scheme changes. Um, so very much like you say um, that you think we got what you were kind of expecting and I think that it is against a side that are a lot more accomplished in their pre-season, you know, I think they start their season, is it next week? Um, Aye, next week they start their season. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's a a more beneficial, I would say, a more beneficial experience for Celtic than it was for Rapid as well, you know, we're getting to see lots of players have a bit of game time Um, and and yeah, I, I felt there were a few decent performances out there which I know we'll break down into. Elmer Bernstein comes in here. I'm going to bring this up. Amy looking quite stunning for Kev Graham Poet, isn't he? I can't, I should have put the sunglasses on. I really know that I should have put the sunglasses on. You mentioned Ose Urigidi there, and this was another thing that post game seemed to come out. The two scapegoats seem to be Ose Urigidi and James McCarthy again. Eh? Um, Look, I think the question has to be is if Ozzy Uruguidi is the answer, what's the question? If James McCarthy the answer, is what is the question? I think Uruguidi the other night there on, on Saturday night actually got a tough deal because the referee never gave him any protection at all. And, and he was having a running battle with the guy on, on, on their right-hand side. He did get... Uh, he, 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 he did get like back at one point in the second half to stop a, a to, to stop a, a goal scoring opportunity. It must be quite difficult for him mentally, knowing full well that Ralston and um, Juranovic have still to come back in, and he's getting a game at right back here. And I think I've actually noticed that in the games that we seem to be going down the left hand side more because it's more natural fullback on the left hand side. I feel sorry for the big fella. It, it is now looking like that he probably there's at least another loan deal in the offing for him, ain't It's um, a, a very tough situation. And I think it's kind of similar to Liam Scales in a way. You know, I think it's evident that both were getting played at when they were getting played, if they were getting played. You know, Scales last season as well, I was out of position and you were just kind of filling in the gaps. I think it's pretty apparent that it wasn't Urigidi's favoured position. And I think, you know, when he went out on loan last season, six or seven games, um, that's him on the right side of, of a back three. Kind of, as I said, um, 
I don't think there'll be any grand scheme changes and I don't think there should be or needs to be. So I don't see Celtic going to that back three anytime soon. Um, so, no. you know, is that going to fit? Is Angie's system really, where does he fit into Angie's system, basically? And I think if you're looking at that back four, you know, he doesn't. Um, is he even the backup at right back? No, he's the backup's backup, potentially backup, 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 which might even place even worse there. Um, and then is he... You know, he's not even getting a chance at centre-half to see if he would be a, a decent enough backup. So, you look, he's still young. I, I appreciate that. Um, but unless in the pre-season that he's getting played in the way that obviously he wants to be played, you know, is Andrew Lee then wanting him in that position? You would kind of say not. Um, because he did have, I know, I'm saying that like on Saturday it was a, a stop that kind of thing to, to play there but he could have played Welsh there you know and, and Urugidi could have been in the centre half to see him in that position so I just don't know where exactly fits in to Ange Postacoglu's setup. Um and I think if you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head that if he's the answer what is the question you know um, I'm trying right now to rack up any kind of question and I just don't really see where it's coming from because in the same kind of sense you know I was quite impressed with his pace so you could see mm -hmm. that as a centre half I was really impressed by his pace but you know yeah there wasn't maybe the protection from the referee but I didn't think that he had the greatest you know strength in the world I felt he was overpowered a little bit too easily um, and obviously I know we'll break down the goals as well but he was caught behind so um, I would be inclined to think that a loan deal would probably be best from a game, but is that you know, or do do you just cut losses? I don't know. Is a loan deal then? Is he going to come back? You know, I, I just really struggling to see right now where does he fit in him because I think he seems a million miles away at this stage, and I know that can sound really really harsh, but it is like brutal brutality of it that where is he even an adequate kind of backup and replacement? And this is a guy that I was quite excited to see, and I did. But I just don't think there was an awful lot, you know, on Saturday, certainly in that position. And if Ange isn't even giving him the chance at centre half, then, you know, he's still young enough. I want him to actually go for the best of his career. Is he going to be better somewhere else? I think well, the way I look at it, we've only ever seen him at fullback. And when he had his decent spell in Belgium, which uh, was at centre half. And for me, it doesn't look like he's got the attributes to be a full-back in an Ange Postacoglu Celtic side. He does look like a square peg in a round hole there. And uh, that's why I kind of feel sorry for him, because we're judging him on a position that is quite clearly, for me anyway, that he's not suited in. Ange Postacoglu likes him. He did call him a warrior after the game. Brassnet comes in and says, I don't feel sorry for him because he's on a few grand a week. That doesn't wash for me now. He's... He's a young guy trying to make it away in his game. He's only 22. Just because he's earning more money than me or you, Brassnake, I, 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 I'm not washing that as an argument anymore. I, I, these guys are just human beings after all. Uh, Hell Monkey, Urugidi is only 22. One deal might suit him best in his development as he, as he doesn't look ready for the first team. If he does stay, he has to play against lesser opposition. The problem that I've got, Amy... And the problem that Urugidi's got and the problem that Celtic have got with, with Urugidi is this. There's plenty of other guys in front of him in the position where we signed him for. So it's more than likely that he is going to, be, he is going to like go out on loan. James McCarthy's a different one. If James McCarthy was 12 years younger, we would be shouting for James McCarthy to go out on loan. I think that, for me, I think that's a fair comment to get game time. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, McCart I, it's two totally different ends of the spectrum, isn't it? You know, I'm just thinking James Carfrey 12 years ago. I'd have taken him at Celtic. Um, so it's a totally different kettle of fish. What is the what is the question of James McCarthy is the answer as well? Um, struggling there. I think, as as we said, in Uruguay's position, there are players there are a multitude of players ahead of him. And McCarthy's, there's not actually, and, you know, and Celtic are actually probably looking for a player to fill that James McCarthy role. And I think that's the difference. Um, that, you know, even with a lacking amount of players in that kind of role, in his, in, in his favoured role, Celtic are still actively kind of looking for um, somebody to kind of leapfrog him in, in, the, in the rankings. I think, you know, we all spoke about it last year, that four-year deal is something um, 
that I don't think I would have signed. Um, or, well, if I was James McCarthy, I'd have signed it. I don't think if I was Celtic, I would have, you know, been looking for it um, and, and maybe gave it for McCarthy. I think it's more just I've been there and done that. And I think you, when you look at how little he was kind of played throughout the last season there, um, kind of shows that it, it maybe wasn't the right choice at that time. I'm trying to really stay not too negative. Um, you know you know where he's at in the stage of his career. Like I say, if you got him six, seven years ago, you know, you'd have been absolutely jumping with joy. But now we're at a stage that it is really the twilight years of his career. Um, and Celtic really, what are Celtic really getting out of this deal? I think James McCarthy's getting a lot out of the deal, but I'm not too sure what James what Celtic are getting out of the deal. Um, he can maybe come in and close a few games, but is that really why you bring in a four-year deal for somebody? Um, you know, obviously we've seen Sorrow exit in the last few days, um, obviously alone, but I don't think that he'll be coming back and, you know, they're making 25 appearances when he does come back. McCarthy, you know, he's obviously still getting... He's still here, and they possibly cannot possibly send him out on loan, can they? Um, it's just one of those that I think we will be talking about for the four years of his deal, just going like, I still don't really understand. We all know the reasons why, um, but nobody really wants to see it. And I just don't think that the club are getting an awful lot out of the McCarthy deal because, again, he doesn't necessarily do anything wrong, but I just think he's just an ageing player. And you look at the, the difference in calibre from Cal McGregor all the way down to James McCarthy now. Cal McGregor's in the prime and, and James McCarthy's just in the twilight now. And I think, I don't mm-hmm. think that that's actually anything outrageous to say. I just think that's, you know, a case of the career. Robert Ingram, uh, is he a luxury we can afford? And that's where I'm kind of coming from. My, my answer to the James McCarthy question is this. He's a player that we can't afford to fail because of the four-year contract and the wages that he will be on. Also as well, he's probably the most natural fit in that, in that sitting position that yeah. we need. He is pro- and until we sign a better player in that position, which is a natural defensive midfielder, then we've got to consider James McCarthy an option. I just thought that the targeting of Ozzy Uragidi and James McCarthy was very, very predictable <laughs> post-game. It was extremely predictable, and it maybe shows you the fact that there was nothing really that interesting went on during the game. It was a training game. Celtic looked a few weeks away from full fitness, and I just thought the targeting of these two guys when there's... When, when there is, not excuses, but you know what I mean. I just thought it was very simple. It was very, very lazy to target these two guys. Um, let's talk about the game. We went one nothing up in, in a spell where we actually we played with adrenaline. We played with a bit of adrenaline, and I reckon rapid superior fitness came in in, 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 the, in the second part of the game. One, we went one nothing up. Jota done a wee bit of skill and, and, get, and, and, gave, it, and gave it to Matt O'Reilly. Uh, it was a fair finish by Matt O'Reilly. Didn't matter what he says after that. He said when he kind of played it down a bit, he says I had some time and there was a massive gap in that corner, and I played it in. It was good to see O'Reilly getting on a sco- on the score sheet because we want our midfielders to get on the score sheet in that as well. And O'Reilly gave a very very interesting interview during it over the weekend as well when he was talking about how he uses breathing exercises, meditation and a life coach as well, uh, somebody that he met at Fulham, to how to get himself mentally in tune for the season ahead and how to deal with the rigours of being a professional sportsman. I could hear all the anti-woke Celtic dads out there going, it was like that in my day, you just went for a couple of pints and you just got on with it. But I thought it was very, very refreshing that Matt O'Reilly spoke like that and he came out and says, this is what I do. I'm unsure how he'll be liking the, the what sounds like Capital FM and the warm down areas. Have you seen the, you seen the videos with them on the bikes and that? Like, uh, yes. Um, Interesting. But no, I have to say, I agree with you. I like that he's coming out and being so open, you know, and it is, a, I, I understand your reference, but... It is a totally different game now, and players do have to protect themselves in a, in a totally different way. Um, and there are now all these kind of, um, yeah, well, it's a luxury actually that you can, you know, utilise it. And it's no real surprise that it's a guy that met down at Fulham, um, you know, probably at the time he started working with the Finns, if not the word, he was still in the Finns, um, 
But yeah, I thought he took the ball really well. Um, and it's exactly what you want to see. I think it's going to be a huge season for Matt O'Reilly. Um, and I just, I, I agree with him in the adrenaline kind of things. I just felt we really did actually come out the, the tracks firing a little bit. There was a little bit of fire. Um, and I thought Jota played, played really well actually and, and I like him the link up with, with him and Matt O'Reilly so if that is um, you know, to continue happy happy days but you know he did definitely play it down I do think it was a, a decent strike um, and you know you're looking for, for goals from Matt O'Reilly this season and I think he'll be every chance that he can, can net them Amy I don't know what's happened to your sound uh, it seems to have went all sort of hissy. So if you want to, I don't know if you need to put he- headphones in there. So if you want to drop back out and come back in, and I'll I'll go solo for a little while while Amy sorts out her uh, headphones. Uh, what I'll do, I'll go through some of the comments while Amy's c- coming back. Um, Let's have a Sean Barlow. Hiya, Sean. How are you getting on? Three sausage rolls for a pound, Kev. Try one sausage roll for a pound nowadays. Maybe that shows you the last time I was in Greg, Sean. Um, do, you not, do you not still get three sausage rolls for one pound 20? I don't know, uh, somebody, somebody let me know. Seamus Duffy comes in to say that he hates Ajax. Uh, Ajax are kind of a recent team that, we, that we've had so much somewhat beef, uh, beef with uh, they haven't been very very nice at all the couple of times I've played them, especially, especially the fans the, the, fan, the fans are not very nice Peter MG Racing Club made Rapid look like angels, if you haven't read Tom Campbell's book um, uh, was it Tears in Argentina uh, it's a fantastic book and he, and he talks about Racing Club and that Tom Campbell, who is a friend of the podcast, I'm just going to bring Amy back in. You there, Amy? Is that better? That is better. Thank you very much, because I was just blaring rubbish there <laughs> to, to everybody. Wee Jimmy comes in and says, got a wee bit of grudge with Porto after the time wasting in the 2003 final, but not as massive grudge like the other three you mentioned, Kev. Um, I was just talking about grudges there when you, you came back. I agree with you. I, I, thought, I thought O'Reilly looked quite decent for the 10 minutes, but he admitted himself in the, in the interview after it. He says, I wasn't up to speed. It took me a wee while uh, uh, it took me a wee while to actually get into the game and knew he was feeling it a bit after it. Paul comes in. Paul's on holiday this week. That's why I'm here today. Blair and Rubbish, why change the habit of a lifetime? Why change a habit of the five years I've been doing this? And why change a habit? That, that's why I didn't get asked to go on anybody else's Not podcast. At Not at all. Um, so, well, Robert Little tells me there's four sausage rolls for three pounds. Well, there you go. That's... Getting some uh, shot, Kev. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it probably shows you the last time I was in Greg's. I thought you'd get three <laughs> rolls for a pound, eh? Right, we'll, we'll go into the goal that we lost. Um, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just ask you, who was to blame for the goal? I'm off the... Oh, I'm going to... Oh, I'll, Twitter's going to go after me. I, it's Joe Hart for me. It is Joe Hart for me. Um, and I know that but won't like it. Um, and that's not saying that there weren't terrific saves throughout the game, because there absolutely were, but there were a few um, really, really good saves, as has been the case last season. You know, and I think not that anyone got, not overboard, but, you know, very quick to and rightly to, to commend when there were decent saves pulled off. But I think that this has been, you know, a disaster waiting to happen. And I think we've said it time and time again. And I'll be honest, I'm just quite thankful that it's came during a friendly because there's been many a time that you know there's that sharp intake of breath when Joe Hart has the ball at his feet because look mate you're a goalkeeper for the for the reason for a reason and I think that about any goalkeeper I think that about Neuer as well um and and he's certainly the 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 maiden master of this or instigator of it um it is a slap pass and then obviously the comments are coming in already mm-hmm. but I still think Joe Hart's just trying to be a little bit too smart. I really do. Um, and I just think that there has been this, like, just there, there's just been this un, undeniable wait for this, that this has certainly been going to happen. Um, I just think it's been written in the stars, and I do think that it's just so lucky that it's came during this friendly, and I certainly hope that, you know, that's that lesson learned. Because I felt he was asleep. Um, and I just felt that, 
yeah, that he, he's just, you know, you, you know when he puts that arm out and it's like, right, guys, I've got it, I've got it, but you've not got it yet. And that's why they ended up conceding. So, yeah, I know I'll get pelters on Twitter and I'll get pelters in the comments. And, yes, I can admit it was a slight class, but I do think as well that Joe Hart gets a... And I'm a huge Joe Hart fan, like I'm not saying that I'm not, but I do think he gets a lot of protection when he does actually make a mistake purely because of the amazing saves that he does pull off. And I get that. Um, you know, he is for that, but that's a really, really costly mistake. And if that if that happens in the Champions League, can you imagine? Do you know what I mean? That's how I think it. I know. You've already had the usual suspects in should Celtic change their playing out for the back because of it. Uh, I agree with Dan, that Daniel F. Slack pass from a Cameron Carter Vickers. Hart a bit overconfident, both to blame. The underwater cabbage, cabbage salesman. Hospital ball back to Joel, but he should have done better. I reckon it was a bad ball, but I think Hart had plenty of opportunity to actually deal with the situation, and he didn't deal with the situation. But exactly what you say there, Amy, I think he saves Mary made up for it. And yeah, I th- 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 that's, that's Joel. The fact is, we've got a free each draw because of Joe Hart, not not cause of Joe Hart, yes. uh, because he made some great saves in the first. I'm sure that Scott Bain make some decent saves uh, in the setting the setting half as well. I've, I've, again, that's not really worried. I'm not really worried about that. I know Hart had played against uh, Weiner v- Victoria, who JP Mason did tell me never have never played at King Tut's. I really did think I'd played at King Tut's in 1992. Um, Aye, he didn't really have much to do in that game. Cameron Carter, Vickers, his first game back as well. The pass was a bit heavy. Hart should have dealt with it better. But he saw the reaction in the team. There was no reaction in the team. There was no shouting at each other. There was no hand up just going, aye, get on me at this. This is a great place for that to happen if it is going to happen whatsoever. Um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We get into the second half, Amy, and we completely change the team at half time. The only person that survives is Ozzy Urigiri. And we go 2 1 up, and it's a fantastic ball with Kyogo. An absolutely great ball with Kyogo. And the timing of the run by David Turnbull was fantastic as well. And it's a confident finish. I reckon these two boys are going to have a massive say in Celtic season going forward. And Kyogo's been in the paper today saying that he vows to be Scottish football's top goal scorer next season. What did you think of the second goal? Your second goal? Yeah, it was synonymous to pretty much the first six months of last season, wasn't it? You know, nothing was really... Well, no, that's a bit harsh of me. Um, there weren't a lot of options and there were still a lot of uncertainties, you know, in the first half of last season compared to the second half. So it was synonymous that they were probably our two best players. You know, Kyogo and, and Turnbull were linking up really well um, up until, you know, the injuries for, for both. I was going to say to Turnbull, yeah, but for, for both. Um, and I just felt that that kind of partnership is, is obviously... Going to oh well, hopefully going to continue, but it's just picking up where they kind of left off when when the injuries did come around. It is, it's a fantastic goal, 
Um, like you say, the, the timing and everything is, is to perfection. Um, and it gives, it breathes a lot of confidence that, you know, earlier we were in the first, in the first half, in the first goal as well, um, that you're, you're seeing that O'Reilly and Jota link up and then you're seeing the Kyogo and Turnbull link up. And, and this is what you want. You know, they just do seem to know where each other are. Um, and, you know, the, the comments coming out from Kyogo are great. You know, if he stayed fit last season, I don't think it's any outrageous statement to assume that he'd have been the top goal scorer. I am, um, and you know, as long as he stays fit, then there's no reason why he can't be this season. But he will need that kind of service from, well, the other way around actually. Turnbull need to give that kind of service to, to Kyogo as well as Matt O'Reilly. So they're all partnerships that you're wanting to blossom. Um, and yeah, I just felt. It was a nice goal, and as I'm actually saying, it's nice to see it the other way around as well. Um, you know, it's a bit of give and take, and I think that's a real strength of Kyogo. Um, in fact, it's a strength probably the whole Celtic front three, whichever whichever order it is. Um, combination. Like and Yakimakis, they're both great providers as well, as well as goal scorers, and as is Yota, you know. Um, and you can see that in the stats from last season, not that I have any from the top of my head, but the, the goal and assist ratio is, is very similar throughout. You know, there's there's not like a, a 20 and then only like a two assists. It's, it's much more um, similar and that is just, you know, that's just kudos to Ange Postacoglu and it just highlights that the strength and depth that Celtic have across, I'm saying front three, front five, whatever you want it and this, the depth in those positions as well, you're talking the best part about six, seven players when you're mm-hmm. referring to those positions, so it's nice to see it working both ways, absolutely Definitely, hell monkey uh, good ball for you, Len, over over for Kyogo too. And Brown Warrior comes in and tells us the first rule is Julian Club, don't praise Julian. <laughs> <laughs> um, they got it back to two each just after that. Again, uh, Big Aussie was out, jumped at the back post. It was a decent enough save for Bain. He couldn't really do much, uh, much else. And Julian, was it Julian? I think it was Julian or Welsh, was caught a bit flat-footed with, with the guy going in. Again, I'm not really going to fire too much blame. The guy got the crossing a bit too easily. I always expect the full-back to get out, jumped at that point because the guy's coming in behind him. His positioning could have been better, but it's one of the goals that we, we that we seem to lose all the time, and I think that upped triggered quite a lot of people that we, that we seem to lose those type of goals. I just think I think you're spot on, you know. And just as as you're saying that, I I do think that it is the weakness in Celtic, and it's been the weakness probably for the best part of my whole Celtic lifetime that if it be a, a set piece or just any kind of cross ball in, I just think we're so vulnerable. Um, and I just, I don't understand why when, you know, you've got decent height, um, decent goalkeeper as well. And I, I think you're you're right. You know, I know Scott Bain does come in for a lot of criticism from, from folk, um, but I don't think there's a lot that he can actually do in that situation. Um, and you're looking for a bit more support from the players in front of you. But it is a, a huge worry and but is it a worry because I think you just kind of get used to it at one point um that like I say set piece or any just kind of cross ball there's it's I don't know a lack of jumping um just a lack of reading situations I don't think we command our box very well um and as always I think that is the concern going into Europe um you know because these whoever you come up there's not going to be a single easy game the calibre and quality of the Champions League is, is insane and um, more than ever I feel that you know even if you know, that third third pot team that you kind of think you might get a decent result out you know these are still guys that insides that have got unbelievable money behind them and unbelievable sides um, and I just think that you're just so sceptical to conceding from any kind of cross ball and you know that's what European sides are going to do they're not going to go through the middle they're, they're going to use and, and stretch Celtic deliver that one clinical it doesn't even need to be too clinical actually just any ball in and you know and there's a you know probably a 70 30 chance that you're at least going to be testing the goalkeeper so it's definitely something that you know you would hope can improve but I think we've been banging this drum for honestly like the best part like seven seven years probably um that Celtic just cannot seem to deal with any kind of cross ball situation no, it seems that way. We'll get on to the third goal that we lost as well because it, come, it, come, it, come, it comes from a corner kick. Uh, Kaiser, HTTC, 
he comes and says, I hear if you say Julian five times in the mirror, he turns up behind you and asks for a game. We're only having a laugh here, by the way, everybody. We're, 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 we're not seriously, but I just found, I just found that uh, I just found that quite quite funny. Um, you talk about problems where he's losing goals, but when you go up the park two minutes later and score, <laughs> does, does really, it kind of lessens a problem in your mind, eh? Um, again, it was a great. What I really loved about this, it was a wee nice interchange between Tungo and Kyogo. But it was Kyogo's change in body shape to actually get the space to make and to take take the shot. I found utterly fantastic and utterly delicious. And it's good to see him back. And the strange love the doctor actually comes in and says, "Amy, Kyogo, my goal is to finish season as top goal scorer in Scotland." He's not throwing the gauntlet down to anybody else. He's throwing the gauntlet down to Big Yakamakas. I love that finish. I, I did love the finish. It was just great to see Kyle go back. Yeah, it's exactly what I was saying about the Tumble Bowl. It's just great that you know you can see it both ways um, in that partnership. And I, I just feel it's like a flashback to September, October, November last season um, when you were really relying on big performances from, from Kyogo and Turnbull. I think Turnbull's going to have a huge part to play this season. I really do. Um, and, well, it's not like me preaching anything that nobody else will know. I um, don't think that's a real shock. But, you know, there has been that kind of, and I've been certainly one of them, that I've been a bit worried, you know, and, and disappointed at the loss of Tom Rogic. Um, and you kind of go, right, what happens now with O'Reilly? Um, is that all falling on his shoulders? But no, David Turnbull's going to be more than competitive with O'Reilly. And they're, they're similar, but they're not. Um, which I know is a complete and utter contradiction. But no, no, you're right. I, under, I completely understand where you're coming from. Is that from, a good eh? thing that you I, 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 I completely understand where you're coming from. But I... I just, it's it's the vision of both, I think, is, you know, unbelievable. And you would really throw Tom Rogic in that as well, that if you kind of had to build a player for that, just sitting behind that number 10 kind of role, they're pretty similar to what you would draw up, I, I would think. Um, O'Reilly can be that, I think, that little bit more audacious um, mm-hmm. and will maybe try something. And Turnbull, I just think his his brain, his footballing brain is really underappreciated. Um and I, you know, I kind of say it as well from a Scottish point of view. I would really like to see David Turnbull play more in Scotland setup and see what he kind of do with, you know, like a John McGinn, because um, I do think that he has that football and intelligence that goes under the radar. So I think it'll be a lot of competition between he and Matt O'Reilly this season, and I don't think it'll be, you know, very similar to the O'Reilly and, and Rogic scenario. That you know, it's not if if one's on the bench, it's not because you're playing badly and I think it's just because the other's obviously doing something extremely well and I think that will just push and bring out the best in two really really top class players and you know I think um, it's Kevin Tate that actually always says you know you should always have two if not ideally three but let's just stay within our means you know you should have two top quality players in every position you know and I think you've got that in, in O'Reilly and Turnbull and there's nothing wrong with that healthy competition and you're wanting that if you're playing 60 minutes to Matt O'Reilly that 30 minutes to David Turnbull that you don't see that drop in class and vice versa and I think that would be the case um, and I think back to that game at, at Fir Park um, against Motherwell uh, when O'Reilly came on for Tom Rogic I don't know maybe 20-30 minutes to go and it was just seamless totally seamless interchangeable um, and I think that if both can stay fit this season and that's going to be the biggest thing with David Turnbull in particular I feel and you want him to stay fit because you know he was having a, a real top class season up until that, that injury in the, in the final um, but you know swings and roundabouts because then would we have seen Matt O'Reilly in that kind of flourishing role that we'd he was forced into with Tom Rogic. Tom, Tom Rogic. Tom Rogic. I don't think so. Um, Tom Rogic. Tom Rogic. God, I'll get it eventually. He's only been in the door two minutes, and I can't even remember his name. Um, but I, yeah, I just think to have that strength and depth in that really kind of crucial position where you're wanting to be able to change things up, but still bring on the same kind of caliber of player. I think that's um, yeah, that's a, just a real bonus for for Ange. I think they offer the same things, but they are different. I think Turnbull can break the, the last line. Has got a, a, a more intelligence. He's got more pace That's and a bit more intelligence. Aye, to break the last line and his his timings of the runs into the box as well. It's very Petrov like. 
he knows when he actually make that run beyond the centre forward to actually get into the near post or into the front uh, into the back post and stuff like that. That's where I think Turnbull's game differs from Matt O'Reilly's. Maybe O'Reilly will de- develop that. We, we don't know that he is a young lad, but I think Turnbull's got that at the moment. Uh, we lost out. The game was drawn with the last kick of the ball. By the time you get to this point, I think. Uh, Rapid Vienna have made loads of changes. We, we've sort of made changes as well. The game's sort of petering out. Uh, Boston Law, who I thought was impressive, uh, sort of hacks a clearance out, uh, out out the pitch. Before that, Rapid had missed a couple of chances where Law and, and uh, Julian had got themselves into an offy fanco at the, at the edge of the box. I mean, I didn't ask my centre-halves to circumnavigate the world on a space hopper. I just asked them to clear the ball at times when the ball needs cleared. And Big Julian and Boston Wall at, at that point at the edge of the box, when the guy put it by the post, just none of them just took control of the situation to actually clear it. I like Big Wall. He's got a good recovery. If he makes a mistake, he's got a, he seems to have one of those telescopic legs. It seems to appear from nowhere. I do like the look of him. I'm probably thinking that he needs to go out on loan uh, to get games for him to actually become a serious part of, of the Celtic first team. Uh, he, he shanks the ball out for a corner kick, panicked a wee bit, and we lost a goal from the corner. James McCarthy sort of caught, but I think big Christopher Julian loses his man completely, and we end up we end up losing a goal for set play. Again, it triggered all the usual suspects losing a goal for a, losing a goal for a set play. But I'm going to bring in Gary Melrose here, and he, Gary Melrose makes a great point. CCV and Starfelt really cut out the cross balls issues in the second half of the season. Let's hope they continue that when Starfelt is back. What I would say, we lost two goals for two set plays without our two first-choice centre-halves actually playing in the second half. And I yeah. think people have got to remember that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and touch on it, I've been really impressed by by Lol as well, um, considering what I'd kind of seen with him in Celtic B. And, yeah, he'd been... I wouldn't actually even go as far as saying impressive. I just felt that, you know, he, he kind of fit in very well. But I think he has been impressive since making the step up. I don't know if he, you know, is relishing that kind of responsibility and this kind of opportunity. Um, but I, I do think he has been impressive. And, yeah, you're spot on. This is not the starting centre-half pairing. And, you know, they're still very... It's, it's fresh, isn't it? It's new. And I, I don't know how much that'll get to the, the opportunity to blossom. But um, I do agree with you that, yeah, I do think it's it's probably a little bit poor on, on Chris Julian's part. Um, but it's, you know... It's, it's never nice conceding that late in the game. Um, but I just, uh, was it probably coming? I think so. You're right that there were a lot of rapid um, rapid chances and opportunities. Um, and you could see that, not necessarily tiring, but you're just seeing a, a different side to Celtic at that point. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to come when you make as many changes. But all in all, you know, 3-3 is a very decent result against a side that are at the tail end of their mm-hmm. pre-season and I think that has to really be noted and you know the climate as well um, that, as in the atmosphere of the game um, I think there's a lot of positives to take out of it a lot of partnerships, link-ups um, and everything that we've just summarised so yeah it's never nice conceding so late on don't want to necessarily pick on Chris Julian but you know you're, if he's maybe a bit more match sharp match sharp I, then uh, you know, maybe that doesn't happen I think the end of the game, you actually see Rapid Vienna run their final pre-season game, and we're yes. not. I think you actually see that. I think in the first 20 minutes, you actually see that we've got a better quality of player, then the fitness just absolutely takes over. And start of the second half again, you've got the players come in, there's an adrenaline thing, but the fact is Rapid Vienna are sharper than us. And that is going to tell towards the end. Fitness is going to tell towards the end. It was a decent run out. I would like to love to bet Rapid just for the case of just beating Rapid Vienna. Uh, but that's twice we've been in that stadium and drawn three each way. I think Paul McGowan scored the equaliser the last time. Oh, uh, we were in that stadium. And if somebody in the comments can keep me, I think we were three nothing down and we drew three each. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So, some, some looking in the I'm sure, Ben, I'm sure it was Paul McGowan that scored the equaliser for us. Um, I'll, I'll trust you on that one. I really will. I, I think it was. Oh, my bad right now. Uh, the, 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 last, the, the last comment, I think Hattati's looked impressive in the two games. I think he really has. He's looked really, really impressive in the two games. Aye, uh, he's just going to be a, a star this season, isn't he? Um, we've banged on about it time and time again, but you're just so looking forward to seeing him not having a season and a half behind him and having a full pre-season under his belt. You know, he's looking so fresh. I thought Maeda did as well. You know, they're running. He's, it's, it's unreal. Um, and I I just think Hattati is going to be exceptional. I really do. Um, he is just here, there and everywhere. Um, he is so good at, even when he's not at his best, still being prominent you know he doesn't shy away from anything he doesn't hide you know if he's not not a howler but he's, if he's maybe just slightly off it you know if, if, if one pass doesn't come off that doesn't mean that he's not going to try it again and I like that you know he's don't he's he's, he's just sticking with it um but yeah the, the engine that he has on him is phenomenal and I think yeah huge season to come and I think he will relish Champions League games. I think he'll relish the big games. Um, and yeah, he's just he's looking so fit already. And mm-hmm. you just think, wow, as with so many players, this is still just the very start. Um, I can't wait to see them in just a matter of weeks. It's all the fresh air they got down there, sure, coasting <laughs> on, on air beach. Um, the, the, last, the last couple of comments about the pre season games. We are going to be here tomorrow. Uh, with a game kicking off at five o'clock, I will be doing the post-match, but I don't know if there's going to be a pre-match because I'm going to actually do work and I will be working at five o'clock. Uh, but I, I, I think Paul will maybe do something on Twitter spaces again, but we don't know yet. We will, we will, we will hang with that tomorrow. But I'll, me and James McKenzie will definitely be back here post-game uh, to give you the usual lowdown. Jungle Lion hits a nail on the head for me. Pre-seasons are for one reason, getting fit and ready for the first game of the season, nothing else. And I think we've got to really remember that as well. Let's talk about the tagline, Amy. And Patrick McGottlin comes in. Is this a genuine pursuit or is it just speculation? And I think that's where we are with Celtic's so-called pursuit of Jordan Larson. Uh, Anthony Joseph usually in the know and he's and his info is usually quite on the ball. He says that Celtic have Cel- Jordan Larson's representatives have made contact with Celtic offering them the player. But there is interest for Germany, Sierra and uh, uh, the English Premier League, Nottingham Forest seem to be the team that keeps on getting mentioned. For me I don't think Jordan Larson would be getting mentioned as a Celtic target if it wasn't for his setting name. I really do. And I would love the fact that we had a Larson and a Celtic jersey of the day because really, really, somebody should write a poetry book about his dad. Really? I, mean, I, don't, I, I, really? I think, think somebody should do. And should, be, there's a gap in the market, I tell you. Definitely, and it would be the best poetry book ever written about Henrik Larson. I think I would. I can say that very, very confidently. I would love to see a Larson back in a Celtic jersey. I just can't see where he fits in on the squad. I know he's a quality player. I think all this hoo-ha is just because he's suddenly. I really do. Oh, I think there's a decent comment coming in there from Brown Warrior. It's a media pursuit. Can I disagree? I don't really know. It's to be honest. If what Anthony Joseph says is is right. Um, and I've got no right to deny that it's not not in the know. Um, but if, if it's his representatives, if it's his agent making kind of contact, that's definitely a promising sign. 
Um, and then that does kind of steer clear then of, not clear, but steer away slightly more from just being simply media speculation. Um, can you just imagine the sales on his shirt? Eh? That's, you know, that's what, the, that's what the club are definitely thinking, my God. That's what I'd be thinking. Um, sales uh, in my book, I'm there thinking about. Sales in your book, you mean volume two? <laughs> volume two. Um, God, I, sales in your book. Exactly. Oh, stuff the club. Sales in your book. Um, I... I would take a punt in all honesty I would um, I think it would be an amazing time I was too young for, for Henrik Larson. Um that doesn't mean that you don't know it. I've still got 10 Larson shirts myself um, I do think he could probably offer something just that little bit different it's, it's he'd need to, he'd, well I don't think he'd be any you know, I don't think he'd be under any illusion that he would be walking in and, you know, being the first choice. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but he would—he is built different. You know, he certainly plays differently to to both Yakimakis and to um, to, to Kyogo, um, and then very different as well from Maeda. Although I do actually prefer Maeda on the left, um, mm -hmm. and I try and not bring him up in this striker option, so folk maybe forget that he's Aye. a striker option. Um, but I, I would, I would like to see him. I certainly would. Um, and even if it may just be for for a season or, or so, just getting on the hype. That's more just like my heart speaking more than my head in, in a footballing sense. Don't really just want to think about that. I just want to see a Larson back on that shirt. But there's been that debate on Twitter. You know, you don't take. He doesn't get the number seven jersey though. He doesn't. No, no, not at all. That's your competitors. You can't do that. But it's. It's a selfish perspective, you know. We we're saying it just before we came on air as well. What a what a pressure, a mountain of pressure to come in with, eh? And that's just why as well he couldn't get the number seven jersey. Can you imagine having Larson seven? That's it's tough enough being in a Celtic shirt and then having Larson. Never mind with seven as well. So there would be a mountain of pressure, but it would just be it would be a fairy tale, wouldn't it? And you know, there's there is a, a fairy tale aspect to this club. So uh, never say never. Uh, oh, I'm going to bring this one up. Kaiser, Larson, 67. Oh, oh, oh God. The Celtic merchandise department has just absolutely exploded at that suggestion. I can, I can just picture them just now going absolutely mental at that suggestion. Uh, a lot of people are just saying it's media speculation. Uh, and I think Durban Kulshe comes in and actually says, who, who here has seen him playing in the last two or three years? It is true, he's been playing in Russia. Kaiser, again, I'm picking on him today. Uh, he's a 10 million rated player regardless of his name. It's a no-brainer. Uh, and Brian Murphy, I would take Jordan on a free, though. I don't... That's a huge point as well, isn't it? You know, I, I think. Aye, aye, aye. He is a free. I don't see and I think his agent's doing his job. I think his agent's doing his job and saying, by the way, we've contacted all these clubs. He's went to a well-known he's went to a well-known face in Scottish football and says Celtic are interested. So his agent can then go to the Sierra clubs and go like that. Celtic are interested, by the way. Oh, his dad was a hero there. Oh, it's a strong pull, blah, blah, yada, yada. You know how it's going to go. At the moment, I just think it's agent talk and media speak, but I would love a Larson in the Celtic jersey. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I really, I, I really, I really we're don't. all the time as well, aren't we? My God, we've been oh, linked since the minute he turned professional. Um, and, you know, yeah, I can't lie. I've not seen him week in, week out, but... I will be honest for not some not scouting reasons, but certainly for a, an, an eye of interest that I've I've certainly I've watched a fair few highlights um, and do quite I, I like his style of play I do, um, and and that's why I do think he would be something different to, to Yakimakis and Kyogo, but it's never going to die down until he signs and you know, signs until for somebody, scarf, know exactly until there's a scarf above the head on on of some club um it will never die down and you know when that deal runs out there will be more speculation and there'll be more links they're forever forever going to be links from the minute he turned professional to the minute he retires it's you know it's just one of these one of these things 
at least we we'll won't be getting linked with Stephen Fletcher this summer because he's went to oh, Dundee exactly. United. He's went to I, Dundee I United. So, that, so, so we only have a whole hour conversation about the merits of Stephen Fletcher like we did last season uh, in, in, in the close season. A couple other things that have happened. Uh, we've been linked with Dylan Reid for St Murn, who's seemingly talking to Ange Postacoglu. Today, 17-year-old, he has made a couple of a, a couple of appearances for St Murn, I think. Uh, Poster Coglu's been quite honest. He says he would go into the B team. I must admit, I do not know much about the guy. Amy, what's your thoughts about that? I am excited um, from a Celtic perspective. Uh, Scottish youth as well. Um, captain Scottish under-16s, if I'm right. I definitely should know that. Um, but then that's then my head totally turns when you know they're bringing him in for the B team. Um, mm. he is only seven, 17, so I get that, but you know, I want players at the B team is the academy players, I don't want players being bought into the academy and being bought. It's just not what the B team are for in the Lowland League. Um, and I just get obviously, as everyone knows, I get uh, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Um, but it would be, uh, I do think it would actually be an exciting sign. And if I just purely think from a Celtic perspective, and you know, if it was a long term deal, because um, I do like him, but would you, as a player, you know, if you're kind of on the, and he is very much on the fringes of a starting place in the St. Mirren side, in a Scottish Premiership side at 17, why would you do that then? Why would you make that move mm-hmm. to Celtic right now just to be in the B team? Personally, I, I don't know what he himself is benefiting out of that you know he's already in the Scottish youth setup as well so it's not that he needs to try and get any international recognition and as you know as I've battered on about time and time again if you look at like the Scottish under 21 recently when they played Denmark the B team players from Rangers they weren't even played you know and these are guys like Alex Lowry who is very well regarded um, and then has even made that transition to the um the, the Rangers, the, the first team. So, but that's not where Scott Gemmell's looking at. He's looking at players who are playing first team football for a first team club. So, really, what is he gaining out of that? He's just getting that first team experience. He's getting that international, more chance of international recognition. Certainly, going by what is the case right now. And yeah, you're working with players, with a manager, and in training as a as a first team player. I think that is. That certainly, if it was me, that's that's what I would want to be doing. And you know, you're playing in that in that league, um, and it's certainly one then to monitor. And from then jumping back to a Celtic perspective, there there he is. You know, you, you can easily watch him. He's only down at Paisley, um, playing against the teams that you'd be playing against anyway. I think you monitor him certainly for the next few years, um, and then then yeah, if he, if he's still kicking around, then then make that move. But yeah, if you're in a first team, I don't think I you make that move in the B team. Tony McCann agrees with Amy. He says better to buy him, buy him and loan him back mm-hmm. to St. Man. For me, that would be the better option as well, rather than going into the B team if we do rate him that highly. It'll be interesting to see if Posta Coglu can speak talk him to actually come to Celtic. It will be. But I'm like you, I'm having a look at it. You're 17, you're playing first team football. Celtic over the last have apart from the obvious ones that are in the first team, don't have a great record of bringing players through. No. So why would why would you actually want to make that move just now? Unless Ange Postacoglu can absolutely speak talk to you and say you'll be in the first team in, in X amount if you do this and that. Uh, similarly, Aaron Moyes in Glasgow as well, and he's been linked to Celtic and Newcastle as well. Again, it could just be one and one. Two and two, getting five here. He's worked with Posta Coglu before. Um, he hasn't played competitive football, club competitive football since January because of the COVID restrictions in, in uh, China. Do you think there's any any go on this? He's the type of player that we actually need. He is. Another one that's been linked a fair few times, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite heavy last season as well, wasn't it? Um He's got links to Glasgow, um, so there's not really too much need to read into it. Uh, just the fact that often being in Glasgow, um, I am not too sure uh, how much that is actually going to come around. I think I really do think it's just one of these that, yeah, links to Glasgow, links to Ange Postecoglou. So that is um, that has to be that Celtic are after him. I think. 
He is, he is a decent player. I do like him. I liked him when he was down at Brighton. Um, at the stage of his career, I, I, I'm really not all too sure on it. I think it'll be one that I will know either way pretty soon. I really do. Aye. I, really I think do. so. I, I don't think he fits in with the, the MO of the players that were being linked with in that position because the players Absolutely. that were being linked with in that position all seem to be 21, 22, 20. They all seem to be an upward trajectory. He would come with a hefty salary and we've already yes. got a 31-year-old with a hefty salary sitting in a defensive midfield position where everybody doesn't know what we want to do with him. So, as I say, I'm a bit like you, Amy. I, I can't really, I can't really see it, but we'll trust in Ange Postecoglou as well. Um, everybody, that that's the hour up. Um, I want to thank everybody for getting uh, for your comments, for your questions, for your kind comments about how I'm looking today. Yes, I'm, uh, yes, I am actually just going to leave here and dip my eyes in a bucket of water. Just, just to try and calm them down. Um, Amy, it's always a pleasure to actually pleasure, be, on, be on the Monday Club with you. Everybody, like, subscribe and just get involved. And I'll see you back tomorrow after the pre-season game with Barnick Strava. Thanks very much. See you all later. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.